Hi guys, welcome back to the David Rolls Experience, a podcast where I talk about things I want to talk about and speak to people I want to speak to. Today, I want to talk about rebate periods and how they work because I've had quite a lot of people message me about this over the last few weeks uh, on LinkedIn, also on TikTok, just wanting to understand what a rebate period is, why we have them and how it works because a lot of people don't understand how it works and There's always questions around, you know, if I leave now, am I screwing the recruiter over out of their commission, etc, etc. So I just want to go through how it works, why we have them, and just a little bit more detail to give some context around, um, yeah, basically why recruiters work this way, why companies request rebates, and also uh, some advice for recruiters as well, for for companies who request longer rebates uh, or ask about rebates. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of like, you know, how it works. Um, I think it's quite interesting because before I was a recruiter, um, I also didn't know how it worked. I mean, you know, why would I? And when I was working as a, a sales exec, I got let go after nine months. And for some reason, I thought I'd screwed the recruiter out of commission because I think the the way I thought it worked was the recruiter gets paid like a monthly uh, commission for every month I'm there for the rest of time. It doesn't make sense now I think about it, but that's what I thought at the time. Um, That's actually more how contract recruitment works, but we're going to be talking about permanent recruitment. So that's basically not how it works. In in how it's structured, so typically, and and, and this does change depending on uh, the client, uh, the client's needs, uh, the negotiation skills of the recruiter, the recruiter's policy, etc., etc. But in terms of the length of a rebate period, So typically you're looking at eight to 12 weeks. Now you can get shorter ones, but it's not very common and you can get much longer ones. Like I have seen uh, rebate periods up to six months or even a year requested, uh, which is mental in my opinion. And I don't know why anyone would ever agree to that, but people do. So in terms of the the payment, like the the rebate, the refund, however you want to word it, Sorry, I was having a sip of my Red Bull because I'm tired. But the way it works is it's typically staggered. So the way it would be structured is, say, the first four weeks, if the candidate leaves, you're looking at a 100% rebate. And depending on the relationship the recruiter has with the client, sometimes uh, because they've already been invoiced and if they've already paid the invoice as well, the recruiter would simply just do a free replacement. So they would just go out and find a person for free again and just replace them. But in some situations, especially when uh, a company works with like a PSL, so a preferred supplier list where there's multiple recruitment agencies on their list, so say they work with five other recruiters, what they basically do is they'd ask for a refund or just not pay the invoice if they haven't paid it yet and then just chuck the role back out to these five recruiters which can be extremely frustrating for the recruiter who's actually done their job properly. They've they've worked potentially for many months to fill this role and for whatever reason the candidate leaves and yeah, basically have to, to do the work again. So that's one of the downsides of recruitment if you're not working retained roles because there, there is now a risk that you could work the role again so you're doing twice as much work and you might actually lose out the second time around to another uh, recruiter so yeah that can be um pretty crap it's happened to me quite quite a few times over my career uh, and it sucks but it is what it is 
So that's basically how it works. So the first four weeks you're looking at usually a full refund. So if you do leave in the first four weeks, yes, there, there is a high possibility that the recruiter is not getting their commission and the recruitment company that placed you are going to have to refund the entire fee for you. From weeks five to eight, you're typically looking at a 50% rebate. And from weeks nine to 12, if it stretches that long, you're looking at... 25% typically. There are also some that go from like, you know, 100%, 66%, 33%. Uh, it really depends how, like I said, how it's sort of split up with the uh, the client. But that's, that's typically how it works. And the reason for it, so the reason companies um, ask for rebate periods and the reason it's always been done is basically to safeguard the company from wasting their money on recruitment because recruitment is expensive and if there wasn't a rebate period then it's quite a big risk because you know you could pretty much place someone and then they walk out of the job two weeks in and you've just spent 12 grand on someone who's not even you know stayed in the job two weeks and then you've got to go back out and pay 12 grand again so it could be extremely risky i don't actually know when rebate periods came in it's always been around since i've been uh, in recruitment and the length and everything has, has definitely differed but it's, you know, it, it makes sense. And personally, though, from a recruiter's perspective, we have massively diminishing control over a candidate's happiness in a job. So it can be quite annoying and harsh when, you know, you have to give money back to the client for a job you've actually done and done well because you've actually filled the job, right? You've done everything you can. And then for whatever reason out of your control the candidates walked out or the role wasn't as sold by in the interview process as sold by the client or you know the the culture's awful whatever um there's many many reasons why someone would leave a job early it doesn't happen that often especially in tech because the interview processes are, are quite stringent and and you know, if the recruiter's done their job properly and the, the company's done their job and interviewed them well, by the time you get to that offer stage, the, the, you know, the candidates should know a lot about the culture. They should be fully aware of what they're walking into, basically. So you, it doesn't usually happen, but there are some occasions where, where it does happen, unfortunately, uh, which isn't great for anyone involved because, you know, the candidates wasted their time, the recruiters wasted their time and the companies wasted their time as well. But it's it's basically it's just part of the the recruitment industry really, and the way to get around it as a recruiter is to basically restructure and rethink how you actually win business and the type of business you want to win. Because if you're going to be working contingency and contingency for anyone who doesn't know this is basically where you do the job and then you get paid. And usually when you're working contingency, you're working against other agencies on a PSL, as I mentioned earlier. So there's no real control there. It's a bit messy and there is a high chance you're going to waste your time. Whereas if you're working on a retained role and you're getting the money up front and you're the exclusive supplier, the company's not going to go anywhere anyway. So you know if that person walks out, you've got the role exclusive which sort of softens the blow. It can still be a bit annoying. But when you're working retained as well, the, the beauty of that is you can also do stuff like you can keep other candidates back or because you've already been paid and you're 50-50 on whether the candidate's going to stay, 
because they've already paid you up front and you've got that commitment, what you can actually do is continue looking in the background. So you might not work it as a full priority role, but you're still putting in you know a couple hours a week into it just to make sure that that role gets filled. And if anyone does drop out, if the candidate does drop out in the first few weeks or so, it won't leave your client without a person for too long and especially without a person to interview for too long because you've already built up a backup list or you've managed the other candidates who the cl- the client was interested in but the other candidate was just better but you know they're like a plan b and uh, they might have not even been much into it they might have had two or three candidates they liked all of them but they just chose one of the three then you can keep the other two warm you know and um, then you can basically get that candidate in as soon as possible. Whereas if you're not doing that, if you're not working retained, then once the job's done, once the job's filled, you, you forget about it, it's off of your desk, and you're going to start working on other roles, right, to get other fees. And then the client comes and says, oh, Steve's left, we need another person. You're starting the role from scratch, and you've not bothered to do any of the extra work because, you know, you, you're not getting paid for it. Uh, they might not have even paid the invoice. So... For everyone involved, it's always better to go retained because the recruiter can keep things ticking over, or they should be anyway, and that should be part of their service. So if you are speaking to agencies about retained work and what they what they offer, that needs to be part of the sell. You need to ask them, what, what are you going to do if, you know, we're a bit 50-50 on a candidate, are you going to keep looking, how long, when does the search actually stop, etc. Uh, so that's definitely something to check. But the whole thing comes down to, like I said, the recruiters have very, very little control and influence over what a candidate's going to be like when they start. The reality is that the recruiter's job is to initially qualify the candidate, and that should be a very thorough process. Their job is to then A, sell the opportunity to the candidate, get them interested, but also qualify if they're not necessarily going to get the job because, you know, there's certain things you can't test, like, you know, technical skills, coding skills, etc. We, we can't test that. It's not possible. But we can judge them on, you know, everything else, like, are they good culture fit? Are there any red flags that a, a company wouldn't usually ask? Like commute time, for example. Commute time can, can bite you in the arse. It's, it's, it's done it to me, especially early in my career. It's just questions you don't think of, but with experience with an experienced recruiter they will ask these questions they'll probe around these areas to make sure that you're not going to get your time wasted and also the candidate as well there'll be things that the candidate hasn't thought about and then once you bring it up they say oh do you know what that's a good question didn't consider that and even stuff around counter offers as well they might get counter offered from their old company like i've seen it before where people go start a new job and then their company contact them and say look here you go like i know you've left but here's an extra 15 grand or whatever and they go back so These are all things that need to be cleared up at qualification stage. But after that point, I mean, obviously the recruiters doing their best they can to keep the candidate interested during the process, manage the process, make it as easy and streamlined as possible for both parties so it's a smooth process and it doesn't ruin the candidate's perception of the company. And, you know, obviously closing the candidate as well, uh, trying to get them to uh, accept the offer and explaining to them why it's the best offer for them if it is you obviously shouldn't pressure someone or try and influence someone to accept someone they shouldn't be accepting but past that point you know and they've, they've managed them through their notice period keeping in touch with them 
make sure nothing pops up. And then they start. And then there's 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 not a whole lot we can do as recruiters, really. I mean, we can keep in touch with the candidate, which which most people do, sort of check in how they're doing. And one thing a recruiter can do if they've got the good relationship with the candidate is any you know concerns the candidate has, you can then relay that to the hiring manager or the CEO or whoever, and get that issue sorted straight away. Because sometimes the the candidate won't necessarily want to flag any concerns in their first few weeks because, you know, the reality is they've just started the job, that they don't know anyone there. It's a bit awkward, like, flagging concerns in your first few weeks. And also, they don't want to risk their job as well, but the recruiter can communicate that in a way to, to get things sorted. And um, any niggles in the, the early part of the relationship can can be smoothed out. But, yeah, and then and then it's up to the company. And the other thing I would say is... If you're a recruiter and your prospect or client is asking for extended rebate periods or they keep asking around rebate periods and they want to negotiate on it, they want to get you know, free replacements, they, they want higher refunds, they want longer rebate periods. Like, like I said, some people have requested like six months or a year, which is absolutely ludicrous, but it does happen. And what you really want to know then is... is probe around why like why do they need this what do they feel they need this and the answer usually is well they've had people leave in the rebate periods because why else would they ask and that's a red flag so then you need to as as a consultant you then need to drill down as to you know why is this happening what can we do to make this not happen or prevent it from happening and you also need to you know make the call of is this a prospect you really want to work with? Is a company you really want to recruit for? Because it's from the sounds of it, if they're losing people due to poor culture or whatever, is it really worth spending your time trying to fill this role when you could be focusing your time trying to win better business elsewhere for a company that don't have high turnover, for a company that you know respect the rebate period? Because frankly, eight weeks, that's a pretty good deal in my opinion. Like, look, I'm going to do all this work for you. And even though it's not in my control, if the candidate stays or not, and I'm doing everything I can to get them through the door and keep and keep them there, but they walk out for whatever reason, they get an offer elsewhere, you know, they don't like the culture, the colleague pisses them off, whatever. I'm still going to give you your money back or find you a free replacement in the first month. But or going moving forward as well like moving into to up to month uh sorry uh week eight i'm still going to give you like half your money back for a job that i've done like it's a pretty good deal really i mean companies probably won't see it that way because they're parting with with their cash but you then need to it's usually an education job at that point because you then need to educate them into, into the work you've actually done i mean just to give you guys an idea like recruitment is really expensive which is why recruitment fees are high and a lot of people look at the money that you know like 10 12k fees just to hire one person from a recruitment agency and they think it's a rip off but if you look at like the software and the cost that a recruitment agency has to go through like a job ad can cost you like 150 to 250 pounds and you don't actually usually get a return from it as well but it's something worth doing but that's just like a small cheap thing that we do and that's still costing us like 250 pounds now that's not even taking into consideration the linkedin recruiter license linkedin recruiter licenses are massively expensive there's something like 
eight grand a year or something. Like all of this, it, it, it massively piles up. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for companies, that, that means the recruitment fees have to be higher as well because otherwise recruitment agencies will be making any money. But there's also a lot of time and effort that goes into it. And when they're working your role, they're not going to be able to work with other companies because you're taking up all their time. And it's not really fair, if you think about it this way, that a person can spend two months finding you a new CTO. They haven't been working with any other companies or many other companies because they've been focused on you. They do their job. They find you someone amazing. They start and they don't like the job because of something you've done or a culture you've created. And they walk out. And then for the last two and a half months of work, the recruiter gets nothing. Like It, it doesn't it doesn't seem fair to me, to be honest. I haven't got the answers to like a perfect alternative but in my opinion a really good way to go about things that i have done in the past is especially on retained work is offering a free replacement and or you could do something like you only take half the fee next time you could also do this as well like what a lot of recruiters do do and what a lot of companies do request like especially if you want to maintain a good relationship like it's not always a hard and fast rule. So say the candidate leaves on eight weeks and one day. So they're outside of the rebate period. The company's not due a refund. But to keep that client relationship, especially if it's a long-term relationship, you would be smart to you know, offer them a small discount considering the circumstances. You know? And it also depends on the type of role. Like, Was it a really long search? Like, was it a CTO role that took three months? Was it a tech lead role that took four months? In which case, you know, fair enough if you don't want to give any money back because, you know, you spent a lot of time on it. But if it was like an easy to fill QA role or support role that you, to be honest, if you're honest with yourself, you actually, you know, didn't do a lot of work on it and you took a few hours of work, then yeah, you probably want to give some of their feedback. And the fees can be smaller as well anyway for those type of roles. The, the easier fill roles are more typically around the four to six K mark. So, you know, you're not losing a mass amount of money. And for the sake of, you know, maintaining a relationship that makes you a hundred grand a year in fees is probably worth doing that. So you just need to empathize as well. I mean, it's, it's an education job with your clients and prospects just so they understand fully what you're doing in your job. If you're not doing that, then they don't really understand what they're actually getting for their money. And they don't really understand why you'd be hesitant to reduce the rebate period or not pay a refund back. But at the same time, for the sake of, you know, the bigger picture and maintaining client relationships, then I would I would urge you to to consider that side and how the your client's feeling and maybe offer them some sort of discount or or something else, like a free replacement. But it's all contextual, isn't it? Like you need to consider the bigger picture. You need to consider is it worth losing the relationship over? Is it fair? Or is it actually fair that you keep all the money because you've done so much work, which again is, you know, completely justified because you have done the job that you were employed to do so it's a bit of a weird one rebates but yeah that's basically how it all works and yeah the reality is guys like if you go into a job and you don't like it and you leave yeah it sucks for the recruiter and it sucks for the company but you do need to look after yourself like it's not worth that don't have any guilt around leaving a job because the recruiter didn't get his, get his or hers commission and the candidate or the client at the company that you're working for have, has lost money. 
because you need to look after yourself at the end of the day. You need to find a place where you're happy with, you're happy long-term. It's not worth worth wasting your time just to try and secure a recruiter commission. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for you today. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, follow me on socials uh, at Recruit of Dave at TikTok, uh, on LinkedIn as well. Um, if you're seeing this podcast, you probably already follow me on there anyway, but it's just David Rolls. And you can easily find me because I've got the David Rolls Experience podcast on my LinkedIn. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So like, thanks so much for uh, for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And I'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. <laughs>